auto dealers. Are you missing the most engaged buyers because you don't know where to find them? At eBay Motors, you'll find buyers so motivated, they purchase a car or truck once every three minutes. Just call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Welcome to Daily Drive for Wednesday, July 13th, 2022. I'm your host, Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. And I'm Kellen Walker. Today on the show, Bosch plans to spend $3 billion to solve the industry's biggest problem. Panasonic eyes a 20% jump in battery density by 2030. And there hasn't been a black automaker CEO in the U.S. in over 100 years until now. Plus a conversation about the confusion around advanced driver assist systems and why it's a big problem. Let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Automakers have had to cancel 13 million vehicles from production schedules over the past 18 months because of the semiconductor shortage. Now, the world's largest supplier is putting up some serious cash to help resolve that problem. Bosch plans to invest more than $3 billion in its semiconductor business. The investment will address a range of needs. They include testing centers, research into new kinds of chips, and most importantly, new chip production capacity in Germany. There is a catch for the auto industry. The investment won't go all to cars and trucks. Bosch has hundreds of mouths to feed, including its coffee makers and toasters, its air conditioning units, but additional production anywhere in the world is certain to help ease the global scramble for chips. Panasonic is working on new technology to increase battery energy density by 20% before the end of the decade. Panasonic is a major supplier to Tesla. If the Japanese company achieves its battery goals, the technology could boost the driving range of a Model Y by more than 60 miles with the same size battery pack. That's one example. It could also allow manufacturers to create roomier and possibly lighter EVs while keeping driving range unchanged. As more automakers roll out EV models, investors are looking for evidence that Tesla and established battery suppliers like Panasonic can keep their edge in the industry. The battery system is the most expensive element of an EV, and improved performance and lower costs are seen as key to sustaining gains in global sales. As those global EV sales increase, there are some safety issues that regulators need to iron out. One concern, EVs are quiet, which means pedestrians, bicyclists, and other road users might not hear them coming. That's why federal regulators in 2018 required EVs and hybrids to meet minimum sound requirements to help reduce the risk of low-speed pedestrian crashes. Some EV makers want to install several pedestrian alert sounds that drivers can choose among, Now, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration put the kibosh on that. It rejected a proposal that would have allowed any number of compliant sounds on each make, model, body style, and trim level made for sale in the U.S. In a statement on Tuesday, NHTSA said it was not adopting the proposal because of a, quote, lack of supporting data. The Alliance for Automotive Innovation argued the sound options were important for consumer acceptance of EVs and hybrids in the future. The Alliance and the National Federation of the Blind urged the agency to reconsider its decision. They argued that if drivers don't like their default alert sound, they might try to disable the sound altogether. They say there are tutorials online that show users how to turn them off. 
Lordstown Motors has named Edward Hightower its new CEO, making him the first African-American chief executive of a U.S. automaker in over a century. Hightower was promoted to CEO after serving as the company's president. He has also held several engineering, strategy, brand marketing, and senior executive roles for GM, Ford, and BMW. He'll take over at a crucial time in Lordstown's four-year history. The Ohio company is still gearing up to launch the Endurance All-Electric Pickup. Hightower isn't the first black automotive CEO in the U.S. Charles Richard Patterson founded C.R. Patterson's and Sons, which produced cars from 1915 to 1918. And those are today's headlines. Jamie, you've actually met Edward Hightower and you're familiar with his career so far. Are you surprised to see him in this role? Not so much since he was already at Lordstown uh, trying to provide some you know, adult supervision to that uh, startup company. I met him when he was advising clients on investments, particularly around the growing African auto industry. There's a lot of talk about Morocco, for instance, serving a role for the European industry like Mexico does for the U.S. and Canada. He had been a, a very thoughtful person on the issue of African auto industry expansion. So it is somewhat surprising to see him move into this very different role. Good for him. Well, coming up, there's some confusion about the terms we use to describe advanced driver assist technologies, and that's a problem. We'll hear from Kelly Funkhauser of Consumer Reports next on Daily Drive. The most motivated car buyers aren't knocking on your door anymore. They're online, but you don't have to look far. You can find them at eBay Motors. Our platform features over 7 million engaged users. Our buyers are so engaged, they enter over 3 billion search impressions per month and buy a car or truck every three minutes. Today's car buyer has high expectations when they browse online eBay Motors helps you meet those expectations. Use machine learning with our AI-driven vehicle pages, and you'll automatically optimize your buyer's experience. It's as easy as listing your inventory and watching as the most engaged buyers find you. If you've ever uploaded your automotive inventory to a website, you have more than enough skills to get your cars listed on eBay Motors. It will feel like you're setting up an entirely new car dealership within minutes. Once you list your available inventory, you'll have additional support from the platform, including a single destination page for your entire brand. Want to generate more sales automatically? eBay Motors lets you choose between auction, classified, and fixed-price listing options so the site does the heavy lifting. It even integrates with your existing dealer or vehicle management system. All you have to do is list your inventory, sit back, relax, watch a movie, and then check back in to see the sales you've made. How do you start? It's as simple as creating an account. Call 866-210-5362 and mention the code AUTONEWS to get 50% off your first two months. Find out why selling cars has never been this easy. That number again, 866-210-5362. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters with Kellen Walker. If you ask five automakers to define what a Level 2 Advanced Driver Assistance System is, you might get five different answers. And that's a problem for regulators and consumer advocates who are trying to address crashes that might be caused or affected by ADAS systems in cars. Kelly Funkhauser is the manager of vehicle technology at Consumer Reports. She recently spoke with our own Pete Bigelow on Shift, a podcast about mobility. Funkhauser sheds light on federal reports related to those crashes and terminology that manufacturers use in describing new features. 
Here's part of their conversation. Last month, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration released this trove of crash data related to driver assist systems and automated driving systems in the real world. If you had any big takeaways, which is a big uh, qualifier there, uh, what takeaways did you have from, from those reports? Probably the biggest takeaway is I noticed that there were far too few reported incidents, um, especially from most of the manufacturers. I think the large majority of the uh, reports were from Tesla and surprisingly Honda. But noticeably, we were missing all of the other brands like Toyota, like Ford, all of these other brands that we know have the same technology as both Honda and Tesla. And so it was a little bit of a disappointment, actually, to see that really only Honda and Tesla were reporting their data. Is, is it a reporting challenge that led to that disparity? We're not saying that we think uh, Honda and, and Tesla had the most crashes, or maybe they have the most vehicles uh, gathering real world miles, but what, so what, what leads to a disparity like that? Yeah. So first I'm going to back up just a little bit. Um, the fact that it was Honda and Tesla is quite telling. So at Consumer Reports, we released a report last November that shows 50% of the 2021 models have both lane centering and adaptive cruise control available on their vehicles. So it's not just Honda and Tesla that has this, but also Honda has something very similar to Tesla, which is noteworthy. Um, So back to the reporting question, I think there's two things that come into it. One is that there's probably a confusion amongst a lot of people in the industry, regulators, the automakers, and then pretty much everyone in between um, as to what exactly these technologies are and how we're defining them. So the original Standing General Order, SGO, that came out last year, um, it basically said any vehicle that has a level two, air quotes, huge air quotes, level two driver assist system that they should report their crashes. But level two itself is a very confusing and nuanced term that was essentially created by SAE, Society of Automotive Engineers, uh, written by SAE for SAE. So written by engineers for engineers, and it has a whole lot of engineering jargon in there. And there's also a whole lot of vagueness in there as well. And so defining exactly what these technologies are um, is kind of difficult. And just a quick note on that, um, the report I just mentioned, when we were working on the availability within the market of these technologies, I reached out to all of the manufacturers and said, how would you self-describe or label these features? And it was surprising that most of them said, yes, this is a lane centering feature and this is adaptive cruise control and they can be on at the same time. Therefore, we might assume level two, but Surprisingly, we heard from at least one automaker that they said, yes, it's lane centering. Yes, it's adaptive cruise control, but no, it is absolutely not L2. So I think that's <laughs> kind of one of the big problems there. I would say that leads me to a philosophical question. Is a level two driver assist system by definition lane centering plus adaptive cruise control? Is it one plus one equals two or or is there some other secret sauce that would that would make that not the case, that it's something different. 
Yeah. So in those um, SAE levels, the the you know, J thirty sixteen document, they basically describe the you know controlling the steering as well as the speed, so braking and acceleration. When those two features are being used simultaneously, then that's level two. So um, you know I'm also confused as to how uh, adaptive cruise control and lane centering are not level two in some cases. Um, so yeah, uh, that's, that's the definition that most people go by, but yeah, clearly there's confusion there. For sure. For sure. And I guess a, another question I have is, are you saying Kelly, that manufacturers have a different understanding of what level two is a different understanding of what NHTSA was asking for, uh, related to these particular, uh, you know, crash reports or, or both those things? Definitely both. I think you know, the NHTSA level, I think that there is some unfamiliarity with a lot of the systems that are out there. You know, the biggest manufacturer that's constantly making the headlines is Tesla. And they've also chosen to give their systems names like autopilot and full self-driving, whereas other manufacturers may have chosen different names or not even really named the combination of those two features as a named system. And so, you know, it, it, it is confusing when, you know, say for example, Hyundai, um, they have a lane centering feature that can be on and off completely independent of adaptive cruise control. They can have adaptive cruise control on and off completely independent of lane centering. You can have them both on, you can have neither on or any combination of that. Whereas other manufacturers may have kind of a stepwise process to turn on and activate those features. You have to have ACC on first, then you can turn on lane centering and then suddenly it's this magically named system. And so, yeah, it, you know, most of those are the one plus one equals three because, you know, you can't experience each of them independently. And now you have all of a sudden this whew, three, it's a, it's a magic system that is highly capable. And so I think that is a huge issue for sure. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. Jumping back to what you said at the beginning, there's this flip side of what's been reported and it's what's not been reported and manufacturers who are missing uh, in some form or fashion from the data at all. What, what do we take away from that in terms of, are we assuming that they're just not reporting things, that they're not having crashes at nearly the same uh, volume as others? What, what do we take away from the, the missing data essentially? Yeah, so, you know, defining and, and terminology and all of that aside, I think that, um, unfortunately, the capabilities and data um, logging of Tesla really was a disservice to them for all of their reporting. So they do have a lot of ability to record data and, um, you know, then transmit that to NHTSA. And so I think that, unfortunately, them being, in a way, you know, the the good citizens in this case kind of looked poorly on them. But that doesn't mean that the other manufacturers who aren't doing that get a pass. I think that, you know, most of the cars out there have a, a cell phone chip in it and a modem, and they're recording all sorts of crazy data that would probably shock a lot of people. Um, and so the fact that they are not reporting when these two systems are on and the car is in a crash, that is a problem. Um, and so, you know, it kind of leads to well, why it could be that um, manufacturers are not actually receiving data back from the cars, which would be a little surprising to me. We know that when the airbags deploy in a crash, there are these automatic crash notifications that are sent. 
Um, and so, you know, also to record the lane centering and adaptive cruise control features, whether or not they were on, it seems like they have the capability. Maybe they're not getting it back. Maybe they're willfully ignoring this data and not asking for it because it could look bad for them. Um, or maybe it's the third party system, the telematics provider, essentially cell phone providers that are the ones that have this data. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what is going on, but it seems like something that is very easy to record is likely already being recorded. And so the fact that it's not getting to NHTSA, I think is definitely worth looking into. Yeah, if I remember correctly, the National Transportation Safety Board had said uh, out of one of its investigations, maybe the very first one involving a, a Tesla driver assist system uh, involved in a crash, that that having these data recording capabilities was was very important. And and now you're telling me that the capabilities probably exist and that they're just not being used in a standardized way from manufacturer to manufacturer. Is that about right? Yeah, it probably exists. And I don't know how it's being recorded, who it's being transmitted to, if it's being transmitted. You know, it, we do want to be careful to not send out too much information that becomes damaging to consumers. But this type of information, I think, is really important to be able to assess the efficacy and safety of these systems. And so it's likely that the technology is there and it seems like a pretty simple ask, but I don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Kelly Funkhauser is the manager of vehicle technology at Consumer Reports. She recently spoke with our own Pete Bigelow on Shift, a podcast about mobility. You can hear the full conversation on Shift wherever you get your podcasts. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. And I'm Kellen Walker. Thanks to Automotive News Coordinating Producer Jake Neer for his help on today's podcast. You can get the latest news on new technology, electrification, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Come back tomorrow for a conversation with What Three Words CEO Chris Sheldrick about the mapping company's expansion. If you enjoyed the podcast, remember to like, leave a review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode.